Hey, thanks for signing up for Public Beta Podcast for July 22nd, 2020. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed, back in the swing of things. Uh, this is a two-game show. This is a two-game show. So the games uh, have been randomly selected, uh, and they are Ghost of Tsushima for the PS4, and we will wrap up our conversation on New Vegas, just put it to bed. Wow, how random. It's, uh, five months in the... Yeah, well, it's weird, right? Weird that uh, we're talking about that game that we've been talking about, and that game that just came out. In terms of news... Uh, real quickly, the Xbox Games showcases tomorrow, and based on what Phil, Spen- uh, Phil Spencer has to say about their exclusive and first-party uh, offerings, uh, it'll mostly be third-party stuff. So check that out if you want to learn about some new games. I don't know what we're going to see. The new Call of Duty needs to be announced at some point because it's coming out in two months. Uh, anyway, it? it's coming out like end of October or, or early November, like it always is. They're not going to miss their fucking release window. It's Call of Duty. But you surely would have heard an announcement if it's two months Usually before. you would have heard it at E3, but there wasn't an E3. So, deal with it. Uh, also, uh, Jason Schreier uh, called out Ubisoft. He interviewed 40 or so employees, I believe past and current, uh, about the shenanigans going on over there. And, uh, yeah, like kind of a takedown piece. But honestly, uh, after we talked about Ubisoft's presentation and how they cowardly... Uh, didn't mention it, didn't bring it up, just played the presentation as is, hoping that n- no one will uh, learn about what's going on there outside of who already knows. Uh, something like this is just like a little chef's kiss. So uh, look that up if you want, but we need to talk about this new game that came out. Uh, the Office is a buzz here, uh, <laughs> as as we are all enjoying the living shit out of Ghost of Tsushima for the PlayStation 4 from Sucker Punch Games. Hell yeah. Exclusive on the PS4. Uh, and really the antithesis of The Last of Us 2 in terms of it being fun. Uh, so everybody's <laughs> looking at this game. It's an open world game. Right. But uh, I think what you're trying to say is this game is like presenting itself as a video game. It's not a shame to be a video game. It's not trying to be anything no. more than a video and, game. And in doing that, it, it ascends to a level where it's just like none of the things that this game is doing on paper would make it seem like a ten out of a ten. Like the way we talk about it is just like, oh, it's God's gift to twenty twenty. No, it's this not. Game. It's really not. Uh, like, it's, it's really not. It's but on, it, I would say it's on par with a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, which on I've previously gone on record sure. on this podcast saying it's a very good. I would say it's an eight point five out of ten. It's a very sure. good. Want to boil it down to the numbers? Yeah. Uh, so this game is uh, being compared pretty widely to the earlier Assassin's Creed games, which I think is fucking false. Uh, oh, no, no. This game reminds me of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so you're the only one who's who said that. Once you said it, I'm like, oh, you're absolutely fucking right. So while this game has the trappings of a map and uh, things on the, the, oh, you can go over here. You, the, hey, there's something over there. Go check it out. This game can truly be played as like a wandering samurai. Just go head in a direction. Hey, see that mountain over there? Go see what's going on around it. And yeah. on your way there, you're going to run into a bunch of radiant quests. Uh, if you don't run into a logging plant or like a place to, to see, uh, you know, uh, come across someone will tell you about it so you come across a farmstead yeah. and someone in that farmstead will just put a put an icon on your map being like hey i heard this is happening yeah right i like uh, how they're not like i like how they're not traditional side quests they're more like right. if you happen to come across this you can do it sort of thing it's not it's not presented as this big thing and, and those si- i mean there's so much to talk about with this game uh but those side quests are presented in such a way almost like the way rockstar presents its stranger missions where they're kind of immediately interesting, and even though it boils down to go here, kill these guys, there's some flavor text on the outside, like there is with everything in this game. This whole game is flavor text on the outside, right. basically. It's, I, it's not to the level of Witcher 3, obviously, because sure. you can't, you no, can't touch Nothing them. about this game claims it's that deep. Breath of the Wild is the perfect 
the perfect comparison. Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, like you said. It's I'm a game about exploration. It's a game about improvisation in terms of traversing the landscape, yes. doing what you want to do, doing what you want to yeah, do in combat. Yeah, just like Breath of the Wild, yeah. uh, just as much of a pull to the game is, like, whatever, the combat or stuff. Like, a big portion of it is just going up a cliff with a beautiful scenery in your background mm. and checking some shit out. Like, that's checking it, it out. Uh, um, so, set in a non-fictional historical event but everything in this game is made up in terms of the names of the characters and yeah, the actual yeah, going course. ons it's the mongols invasion of japan on tsushima island uh you and your your samurai brethren are cut down as uh these men fight with no honor read all honor uh the the <laughs> the master samurai of tsushima island calls out their greatest warrior and he is uh, splashed with alcohol and lit on fire. Yeah, because, uh, because like, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah, so... And, and like, uh, they explain this very clearly through their very generic villain, who I will never remember the name of. He pops up more in more cutscenes and stuff like that, and you kind of learn what he's... Right, sure, but yeah. he's, like, he's every video game villain of the past ten years, which is... Right. We can't make him straight up evil. We have to give him a purpose, but he's still evil. But, like, that's the, that's the total totality of his character. Hey... They rolled up on your island, and you're going to fucking yeah, get rid no, of Yeah, no, for this game, that's all it needed yeah. and everything. Um, but yeah, he's just the generic, like, ah, oh, like, I read, I am smart. I'm I read, smart. I read books. Yeah, I read books. I'm smart. Uh, uh, yeah, so basically, the Mongols are very successful in using the samurai's armor, uh, honor, rather, against them. Uh, they kidnap your uncle, your your Jin Sakai, uh, a samurai on the island. There's some flashbacks. The first hour of this game does ramble a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's but, a bit slow. But you look back on it fondly as, man, they, they did need to set up quite a bit before they just let you go. Yeah. Um, and the, the main themes here, of course, is that Jin descends into using, like, ninjutsu and guerrilla tactics against the Mongols. Because that's uh, the only way he can take back his home. Yeah, and at first it's driven home with flashbacks with your uncle and stuff like that. It's like, you look a, you look a man in the eye when you kill him, as even if assass- it's from 30 feet away with a bow. Yeah, as uh, you're assassinating somebody from behind, though. Y- yeah, so, like, we can talk about those little moments in this game. What are you, are you, are you going for a gynecologist exam? What is this What is this I, sit you're doing I'm right here? I'm just fucking sitting, bro. Right. Like, Some don't yoga shit. <laughs> don't, don't worry about me. Just Leave talk me about alone. The game. <laughs> Hate you, Dad. Uh, so, uh, you're kind of set free here. First of all, we can talk about the fashion. Uh, so you unlock oh, many yeah. sets of gear, masks, helmets, hats. Right, and this is uh, the, this is probably the biggest reason why I think this game's like Breath of the Wild because the armor is like that game where it doesn't have hard defense stats. Like this is 15 defense. And this has 10. No, yeah. it's just each gear... That being said, you can eat eight more shots wearing armor than you can wearing the Traveler's right. attire. But, but, but yeah. just like Zelda, they have the knight armor, and then they also have like the fucking lightning armor, you know what I mean? And yeah. if you're wearing the light, the knight armor, you can take more shots. It's the exact same thing. It's, it makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's realistic. Yeah, it's <laughs> armors that you wear in different situations that cater to that situation. So if you're going to get into a bow fight, you're going to wear uh, Tadaroki's armor. Sure. Or if you're role-playing it, uh, you wear your traveler's attire, your lighter attires when you're traveling, and then we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go siege a fort. Put on your fucking sun armor mask. Or if you're yeah. gonna do a sneaky mission, you put on your Ronin armor. You yeah, know what I mean? sure. Like, yeah. So uh, it ultimately, really... doesn't matter. It's up to you and your play style. Yeah, um, and the game is forgiving enough that you could pretty much wear any armor you want and still 
be more or less fine. You cannot be touched for hours at a time if you're parrying and, and moving and, yeah. and weaving so, properly. And with the ability to put on different hats, masks, and full body armor, you're, that's right away a lot of different combinations, especially with all the different masks and hat, the hats that you get. Yeah. You can really uh, get some cool fucking looks going on there. You can definitely get some cool looks. Uh, and also, speaking of looks, the whole game looks great. Yeah. Uh, Load times, when you fast travel, uh, allegedly they, they pushed a patch to slow de to actually slow the load times because they were so quickly you couldn't actually read the tips that popped up. Now you have just enough time to read one of them and then it loads in. Man, um, what I also like, I guess I would have said this at the beginning, but the opening cutscene, uh, I decided to play this game in Japanese. Right. It's, it's a Japanese, it's a samurai game. It's yes. Like you'd figure that this, but I forgot it's made by Sucker Punch, they're an American company right. from my understanding, right? Um, so imagine my surprise when the whole game is synced to English. Now you, now they know how we feel. Yeah, yeah yes, exactly. Um, so I'm playing this Japanese game about samurais in Japan. It was Japanese thing. Lips are fucked up. But they're all speaking English. Um, <laughs> it makes it like a like a spaghetti samurai western. It's like everybody's speaking their native tongue. But it's reverse. Tongue, but it's reverse. Yeah, so uh, like, I'm kind of disappointed, honestly. I really wanted to play they, this game. That's something they could always patch in, but it's like clearly the focus had to be... On English. The English. Yeah. Like the, they, A full Japanese voice track, let's be honest here, it is a bonus. Like, they didn't have yeah, to yeah, do that. Yeah, it's in there. It's yeah. absolutely in there. Uh, yeah, it's just a shame that's not synced up. Yeah. I really wanted to play On this On top game. of that, there's a Kurosawa mode, uh, of course, this yeah. game... Uh, and the people who made it taking huge inspiration uh, from Akira Kurosawa and other uh, movies of the time. Uh, the game goes out of its way, like we said, with the vistas and the visuals uh, to oh, set it's up. very cinematic. Uh, yes, and there's things going on behind the scene you don't even realize. Like when you get to a certain point of a, th a thing, it could have been midday, but suddenly it's you're in moonlight. And the way it, it transitions feels very natural. You never feel like, oh, well, like... Suddenly it's raining. It's like, no, no, no. It builds up as you go to this quest. Oh, Clouds are rolling in. Man, the, one of the first things in the game, once you get access to the actual open world and you're, like, let loose, the, the how the opening how the opening title cinematic works is you go oh, yeah. through a field of flowers as Jin's touching, doing a gladiator. Late title card, baby. Yeah, to the, yeah. To, to the flowers as this thing comes on. And, like... I definitely got that feeling of like, oh, fuck, yeah, Here that's we go, fucking baby. awesome. Uh, yeah, so there's, uh, you know, the island is very diverse. I think both of us are still on the southern tip of the island yeah, doing everything we yeah, can. Having I haven't even gone forward yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm to understand that they uh, take some liberties with, with the topography, which is fine. Uh, yeah, the like, game is, is gorgeous. The lighting engine, the way, like, the fog moves, the way moonlight comes across the trees and stuff it's it's photorealistic at times yeah, and uh the way they set up cutscenes, especially when you go into duels against other samurai swords yeah uh, it puts it in widescreen like a movie for those particular scenes even when you're doing a standoff um which is kind of a weird thing so when i saw previews for this game before it came out and they were doing the standoff stuff it was in full screen it seems seamless in the game now that we're actually in the game we do standoff it seems a little bit um, it goes in a wide. It goes into a mode. It goes yeah. into a mode. Um, <laughs> the character model that's attacking you usually doesn't look the best. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, don't know. I. So I, I wish. The I mean, they're grunt soldiers. They're all going to look. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I wish the standoff mode looked a little bit more like it did in the trailer that was shown to us before. Uh, but I love the samurai duels, like I was saying. Um, the the classic Japanese samurai uh, moves and cliches of. Like pushing the sword it's, out with your thumb, yeah, man, or it's, drawing it in front of your face, or cleaning the blade with your sleeve, or swiping it off. That shit is so. 
fucking awesome. Yeah, so the game utilizes every part of the buffalo, so to speak, in terms of it it has a button mapped to everything, but doesn't necessarily tell you at the beginning of the game. Yeah. So, like, swipe right on the touchpad, and you'll put away your sword cool after a fight. There's a few different animations for that. Uh, you unlock, you know, a ton of different items and things to use in battle that you can switch between. Different, different stances. Stances, arrows... Uh, all that kind of stuff. To talk about the combat system, it's crunchy. It's it feels good. Yes. Um, uh, what like what's the closest like the closest comparison like the thing I could most closely relate it to is a better Witcher three. Sure. Like it's not quite a Souls game in terms of the or a Sekiro in terms of the no uh, absolutely the no. parry gameplay. It's like the other comparison here that I was thinking of is like the the Batman style combat. So you have no a, no no no. I'm saying it's not like that, but closer to the Shadow of no Mordor it's, War. No, it's way uh, closer to Witcher Three than all of those. You have your heavy attack and light attack, just like Witcher. You have your sidestep and roll, just like Witcher. Uh, you have a crossbow slash bow, just like Witcher. Uh, the only difference is Witcher has the ma- like the magic. If, if you're saying in terms of how deliberate the combat is, then yes. No, uh, it, it's same in the sense that like if you're surrounded by enemies, your position on the left stick determines where you're going to be attacking. There's yeah. there's no automatic counter button like fucking Batman. Like you have to you have to either parry or block or dodge. It's exactly like Witcher, just way cleaner, smoother, <laughs> more response. No, like more yeah. responsive. Um, it just it gives you a much more satisfying feel and weight to it. Obviously, we're not talking about the stealth stuff right now, which no. is very basic, admittedly. Yep, and that's all it needed to be. Um, but yeah, I would say this is very much Witcher Three combat, and there's no other game I would even compare it to at that point. Yeah, the stealth is you know it's you had the listen mode where you can see guys through walls and stuff the like man, that. Uh, what do you think is what's the game that started that? Because ever since, it, I mean, Last of Us can be pointed to, but a lot of games Batman, have done. That. Batman, yeah, Batman had the de- detective mode, but sure. Yeah, uh, I, I find myself using that very little, very little. Yeah, uh, I use game. it to see if someone's just outside of a tent, and that's yeah, like if they're it. in a tent, or you just want to see if there's an item to collect in the tent, whether they need to duck in there or not. Uh, have you done what I do, which is if there's a lot of guys chasing you, you duck into a tent and take them on, like, two at a time? <laughs> so, like, they surround you, right? But these tents are so small, and there's only two entrances, and they're usually only coming through one, and they're all trying to fit through the door at the same time, hilariously. So I'm just standing there, and like, shield guy, switch stance, fuck him up. Okay, spear guy, switch stance, kick him in the face. No, my usual uh, strategy, since I like to do a little bit of stealth and combat for each of my encounters, is... I'll observe the leader. I'll take out the archers on each watchtower so there's no archers because those are just annoying. Mm-hmm. And then I'll stand off with the remaining enemies, which usually just consists of a few swordsmen and spearmen. If you climb up the ladder before you hit the top, you get an assassination prompt. And yeah, you just no. murder those archers yeah. like nothing. Uh, but yeah, you can headshot with arrows, which is uh, almost a, an instant kill on almost every enemy. Unless they're wearing helmets, unless you, then you need a long. You get uh, you get kunai, smoke bombs, sticky bombs, explosive black powder things. Oh man! Even when you're just uh, when, when you shines. finish when you finish killing an enemy and gen, you just get special animations of like slicing the thing and, whoosh, and you yeah. bring it back. So out. that's. Part of the the fun, or the part of the the hypnotic, uh, how this combat works, is that it's like watching a martial art. It's like watching someone who's very good at a martial art performance. There'll be a time where you kill a guy, like you you hit him in the side, he wrenches his sword out, and then he trips him. Or then like he's holding his sword up, and you're like, oh, the the animations flow. It's like so so seamlessly, even when you're doing, especially with the wind stance, and you do the triple uh, triple, heavy attack chain, so you do the kick. It's so seamless and cinematic, and between this and Final Fantasy VII Remake as well, it fight, like, fights that you are in full control of now are becoming more and more cinematic. Yes, yeah. And it 
Fuck, it's awesome. I love so, the way this is yeah, going. Yeah, there's a standoff mechanic. You can basically... There's a fight me button. Uh, you can just call to people either on the road. You assess how many people there are. You get upgrades, of course, where you can slice more guys down before you have to just get into an open Yeah, you could mode. absolutely do an entire yeah. playthrough of this game uh, in honor mode, if you wanted to call it that. Well, there's certain never... quests that require you to, to mm, be quiet and assassinate. Yeah. Uh, and that's... I mean, we'll talk quickly about the story, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about this game... Uh, but yeah, there are heavy themes of Jin kind of abandoning his his honor. It cuts back to his uncle, who's been kidnapped by the Mongol leader, who's basically like, "Oh, the ideal samurai." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, your your nephew is becoming the thing you hate." He's he's going around like fucking ninjutsuing guys. I don't know if you got that cutscene yet. No, but he's he's clearly trying to be like, "Join me, and we can bring peace to the island. You can become part of the Mongols." And the uncle's obviously pushing back for now, uh, but I'm assuming something comes of that. Uh, you come across all these different characters. Of course, most of the samurai have been cut down. Jin's really the only, yeah, you the have, only best samurai on the island. No, uh, and you have a very interesting story of Jin and his father. Who his father was defended against like a bandit raid at his house, I guess. Yeah. But like he was about to be killed, and he goes to Jin, who at this point is like 12, 13. Yeah, and he's like a young, Jin, young man. Help me. Uh, and everybody keeps saying to Jin like, "Oh, your father's this great honorable warrior. He died protecting you." Jin's the only one living, knowing... Other than his uncle, yeah. (laughs) No, his uncle doesn't. His uncle seemed to imply during a cutscene. Or, like... Because there's other cutscenes with other main quests where the samurai uh, will... Like basically lie to the people to uphold their their things. So it's just like this didn't happen. We'll say this happened. We'll 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 let him keep right. his status. But yeah, it's very interesting yeah. with the father because uh, it could have been really easy just to do his father died protecting him, and now Jin yeah. feels guilty, and that's it. But they added this really interesting dynamic where Jin does feel guilty for the death of his father, but it's not because his father died protecting him, but because his father asked for his help and he didn't give it. Yeah. Which can see, which can be seen as both cowardly for Jin and for his father, who's supposed to be this great samurai. Yeah, like you're supposed to defend the defenseless, and his son at that time was defenseless. Asking for help. Uh, yeah. So Jin himself as a character, very blunt, very stoic. That's uh, what we needed after Last of Us Two, though. It's like a definitive character. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, here's yeah. a character. Here's his, here's what he's about. Here is yeah. his fucking personality. Yeah. He he is. He, while feeling guilt about uh, re- relying on those those kind of tactics we've been talking about, he he's going to use them. He needs he has he has a goal in mind, uh, and it, you know it's really neat the the civilians and stuff. Did you do the Kamatsu Forge mission yet? Where you Don't defend the so. forge? And, Don't think so. Okay, uh, so there especially the civilians keep commenting on Jin. Like you can hear them like talking. They're talking about how he's like fights like a demon and he's just like this crazy butcher and like all this kind of stuff. Because even they're like, oh man, this guy's. Uh, and that's when Yuna kind of builds his legend, where he's just like, "This is not a man. This is a vengeful spirit. This is a ghost." Uh, and they're just like, oh, "Oh," and then he's like, "Well, that was fucking unnecessary." And Jesus is like, "No, no, no. This Stop is what, spoiling the story. This is what we need. Me. This is the only thing I'm going to spoil. Uh, so go do that mission. You should be on it." Uh, so the, it's broken up into three acts, three parts of the island. Uh, I'm getting close to the end of the first act, but I am doing everything, and a lot of people are turned off by that kind of open world game. They look at it, they're like, "It's a bunch of a bunch of icons and a map." And it's like, well, you are right. Interact with the game a little bit. See what's actually... What those icons on the map are. Those icons on the map are only bad... They're only bad when there's, one, too many of them. Two, you can't necessarily complete them and they respawn. Or three, the game just isn't fun enough to justify all that shit. Yeah. So, like, Witcher 3 had a ton of shit on the map. Tons of icons, but that game is fun, engaging, it's very well written, the story's very good, so you're wanting to go to all those points to get cool shit. 
a bad example of this is Shadow of War. Shadow yeah. of War has... Or a, any Ubisoft game for the past has, six years. No, but specifically Shadow of War. I have a very tough time with that game because there's so much shit on the map. And even when you do it, you just know that Icon's going to come back in four hours. If you do like a bandit captain, yeah. I mean, a, or captain thing, another one's going to come. This, you this, have constantly have dialogue going between the main character and other characters. You have more shit popping on the screen. You have like six different story missions to do. Yeah. You have a bunch of side missions. You got to recruit six captains. You got to get four war chiefs. <laughs> Fuck that game. You got to go. You got to go siege <laughs> another thing. It's there's a point where yes, there's way too much of this. Yeah. The what works in Ghost of Tsushima is all these points don't last longer than thirty seconds for no. most cases. And you don't know what they are when you get there. So there's like you can write haikus in the game. You can uh, you know you go bathe and you get a little bit of story. You get a little flavor story. Right. And when the opposite is. Like, it comes off, like, at first it comes off as cheesy, but then you're like, there's a genuineness to this. There's a, with the the way the, the environments are and stuff like that, there's a peacefulness to it. There's a duality here. There's, this, you're this crazy butcher going around murdering people, but then you're, you're hanging out in a hot spring. You're writing an awful haiku for a headband. You're petting a fox and going to these shrines. Right, because this game is unashamedly, like we said at the beginning, a video game. And yeah. It's clearly a love letter to Akira Kurosawa films, and it's it's not pretending to be something it's not. It's no, not, it's yeah. not trying to be like a very realistic take on the samurai genre. They, it's not. They have something here. It really works. Uh, I can see why people are like, ah, it's another open world game. I can absolutely see yes, that. Yeah, I absolutely, and I, in and, some cases, I yeah. agree with them. Like, this game isn't doing anything new or special. Like, I was, I was a, I was trying to, like, I was a soft sell in this game, hard selling everybody else here. I'm just like, listen, man, this game is going to be exactly what it's going to be, and it's going to be great and over delivered, uh, in my opinion. Like, we both of us want to go home and play it right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, what's the last game you can think of that was like that? That you're just like, man, I want to see what's around that bend. I want to do this next quest. Yeah. Like, I always save myself at the, uh, so, like, these logging camps, which are huge fortifications you have to you have to sneak into. Fighting them, like, uh, any other way is, is, is a, a, a farce. Uh, so, I kind of save, so I know when I get home later and I get to play, I've got this huge fort waiting to be taken down. And it's a puzzle. Uh, and it is, yeah, and it's 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 a fun game. Ghost yeah. of Tsushima can is, I, is hitting, I, hitting it. Can I ask you something? I wonder if our <laughs> opinion on Ghost of Tsushima would be as high as it was if it wasn't for Last of Us Part Two. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, something that's like a joy to play versus something that's just like, man, well, I wish no, this was over. It's like eating. Uh, it's like it's like having. It's like having a fucking salad when you don't really want a salad at all, and, and then someone, pizza. and then next meal someone gives you a steak, and you're like. Fuck! I'd probably like this stick way more because I just had a salad. I, I'm gonna flip that on its. I'm gonna flip the script on you. I don't like Ghost of Tsushima more because of Last of Us Two. I, I like Last of Us Two less because because of Ghost of, of Tsushima. Yeah, is exactly what it is. Right, playing this game, it's giving me the impression that maybe Last of Us Two was ashamed to be a video game. It, like it wanted <laughs> to be. You know what I mean? I, I mean, like yeah. it wanted to be more than that when. Last of Us 1 worked because it was a video game that happened to have a great story. What they were trying to do with Last of Us Part 2 was have a great story that happens to be a video game. And, and in such, the gameplay is unchanged in Last of yeah. Us 2. Like, we because point to it. Because it's absolutely uh, secondary. Yeah, so... Um, where so, it should be... Even even though I've said many times in this podcast, I think story is, like, the most important thing. Yeah. Um, gameplay should be ta- given the same amount of attention at the end of the day. Stories are great. Uh, and I can get over ho hum gameplay if the story is really banging. 
but, but Ghost I of Tsushima can... for me, the mystery of the tale it's telling, the idea that you're going to come around the bend and do these side quests uh, w- that I'm actually interested in. Like, usually these would be throwaway things in something like a Far Cry or something like that. It's like, oh god, we need some testicles okay, for the... Speaking of Far uh, Cry, there's one thing Ghost of Tsushima does better than any open world game It of keeps all... you crouched after you climb. No, of all <laughs> fucking time, okay? So Far Cry 5 was the worst game I experienced of this where you couldn't go five seconds in that game out in the wild without an enemy fucking, a group of enemies showing up and being like, hey, blast them. Like Witcher was not as bad, but you, like, you run into monsters pretty quickly every once in a while. Ghost of Tsushima found the perfect balance between riding and looking at the graphics and being peaceful yeah. and then stumbling across the patrol. It seems to be like every four or five minutes for me. Which is perfect because I do like those breaks in the combat yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so big, big ups to Circuit Punch there. Like that's such a delicate balance to figure out. It's yeah. It's like the things that this game does. It's a je ne sais quoi. It's it's an open world game. Sure, like any other. Only look at the style this game has. Look at what you're doing minute to right. minute. I, the, I'm getting uh, a lot, the feeling I get from this game is a lot of the same feelings I got when I first played Spider-Man PS4, which is like. Wow, this is a generic open world game, but I really enjoy it's it. It's quite fun. Yeah, it's, Every combat encounter, you're like, I'm having a good time. Yeah, it's and really, using my bag it's, of tricks. Yeah, it's and, really yeah. fun. It's well paced. The The amount of extra stuff to do on the side isn't overwhelming to the point where I feel like I'm going to die. Like, in Shadow of War, each side content piece you do would take five minutes. In Ghost of Tsushima, it's maybe a minute. So you're not afraid to go check out six question marks in a row no because yeah. you're not going to spend half an hour doing it you're going to spend and the fact that you can pass child every single point you've been right. to and and it's a samurai power fantasy let's make no mistake here you become very powerful very quickly and i recommend doing a lot of that side right stuff but early. he's always he's always portrayed uh, as powerful since the beginning though to be fair no, no right yeah, yeah but like having the extra stances having all those extra like the smoke bombs and stuff like that, especially when you get the, like can blind guys you can basically kill eight guys with one smoke bomb it's fantastic uh yeah, what what more is there to be said? I'm gonna I I am not losing steam on that game. I mean, both of us have probably put in twelve plus hours at this point. Oh, absolutely. At least, um, it's making me not play Call of Duty, which is there wow. hasn't been a game yeah. in a long time that did that. I, and really, it's the swan song of the PS4. This game, yeah. Uh, so it's and it, like what a, what a swan song too, because like a lot of the PS4 is defined by these open world Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, all the Assassin's Creeds, like these kinds of games so it's good enough to go out on yeah better than uh, last of us 2 yeah no uh, this is so far this is my game of the year i think which is wild right like you, you look like, back on if the, you're like if you're well, cyberpunk's still coming yeah cyberpunk's uh, still coming but if you're like final fantasy 7 remake last of us part 2 some open world game that's exactly like every other animal open world crossing game. new horizons yeah some open world game about samurai that's made by sucker punch i'd be like mm-hmm. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is the most fun I've had with a video game. In a long uh, time. However, Final Fantasy VII Remake, that I also went back to after The Last of Us 2, is a fucking phenomenal it game. It is, it is. Uh, and we just heard that there, the, the part two is in uh, in production now. So 2031, re- baby. <laughs> yeah, 12 years. Uh, get ready to have your socks blown off. We're going to Fort Condor. We're going to go to Nibbleheim. <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff. Dude, the second part's going to end with Aerith dying, and we're going to be just done the first fucking disc. And we're going to be like, <laughs> oh my god. It's, we're never gonna. We're we're, gonna this the game's never gonna be fucking finished. It's never gonna be done. Square Enix will go out of business before they finish this remake. That uh, that big snake on the pike 
in the swamp there. That would uh, be cool. Sephiroth, yeah. No, but knowing Remake, you're going you're gonna to probably have to fight Sephiroth there as one winged angel. He comes out of the snake. Yeah, the, the techno, the techno Remake, yeah. The techno Remake comes up and he's like, yeah. guess what, Cloud, I'm here now. Join me at the end of creation. Just couldn't fucking help themselves. Eh? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so Ghost of Tsushima. Or, or. High, high recommend from us. Or you cross the lake and on the pole is Aerith now and you get the snake in your party. Sure. Yeah. 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 There you go. Red yep. 13 becomes a snake. Red 13 uh, becomes Sephiroth. Remember that episode of the Aladdin cartoon where Jasmine no. became a snake? Okay, no. before your time. Uh, Disney fucking sucks. Wow. You heard it here post first. Disney fucking sucks sucks uh have you ever played way of the samurai no okay so way of the samurai is like the i don't know if i played any samurai game maybe that's why you like this so much. what other samurai games are besides dynasty warriors and like i mean those don't count no buongas <laughs> ambition well that's that's a strategy game yeah but that's you know what i mean uh yeah man like they exist sure they do uh but like way of the samurai was a game that is uh like a deep RPG re-roll kind of game where you play through the game multiple times and there's like a bazillion different endings uh, and you kind of see what you want to do, who you want to side with. The combat and all that stuff is really deep. There's actually a cool mechanic in Way of the Samurai where you flip your sword the other way and it becomes non-lethal. So you can just knock guys out, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but that game's fucking hilarious. Like that's a game that just lets you... Again, it's a samurai fantasy except you're very vulnerable. Uh, like combat in that game is actually much more difficult than... Uh, Deadliest Warrior, baby. Well, that's like Bushido Blade, where it's just like you eat one errant shot to your arm and it gets chopped <laughs> yeah. off. Uh, yeah, Bushido Blade's a good time. Uh, when you keep playing the duels in this game, I'm like, man, a multiplayer thing for Ghost of Tsushima, like me work. versus you, it would it, it have to work, right? It's, it's basically like For Honor. It's basically Deadliest Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> um, only you can't use your, like, in duels, you, you are limited to what you can, you can do. Uh, you don't have all your moves. I'm fine with that. Can't throw a kunai in someone's neck well, in the middle of a, a duel. Well, it's an honorable samurai battle. Oh, fair right? enough, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Well, every time that they do that, like, they hover their grip. Yeah. And then Jin just pushes up with his thumb, that classic yeah. animation. Oh. You pop. Every oh. time. Oh. back to my days watching Bleach, man. New Vegas. New Vegas. We started talking about Fallout New Vegas in March, <laughs> <A> long, <laughs> four look, months ago. Look, to be fair, we started right before COVID nineteen. <laughs> to to be like, we we knocked out near Automata in four weeks back to back to back to back because we didn't have a goddamn global uh, pandemic. Yeah, so I feel like New Vegas. Uh, I mean, ironically, got to uh, an apocalyptic game. Uh, here we are on the brink <laughs> of uh, disaster, uh, but. We're going to put it to bed today, and we've said a lot about New Vegas. I don't feel like we've done it... I don't think we've done it a disservice. Like, we've talked about this game for, like, six parts Yeah, now. but you don't think we've done it uh, justice. Either. I think it's... Well, we're taking how, how, weeks in between, But, yeah, right? how could you do this game? I'm sure once we do the compiled video, it'll come out a lot better. Yeah, when, when we realize we talked about the same thing for 20 minutes in two separate episodes or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Uh... But suffice it to say, like we've done, but we talked about everything. We talked about the NCR, the Caesar's Legion, the side quests. What more could we? What more could you ask the, for? We talked about the companions. We talked about the structure. Like you know, yeah. So oh, I agree with you. So yeah, I think I'm we ready to put this game back. Yeah, let's polish uh, it. Uh, so the ending of the game, uh, much like the way Fallout Three was initially, uh, it's a it's a definite ending. You basically choose who you side with, either the NCR, the uh, the Caesar's Legion, or yourself, Mister House, or Mister House, or yourself. Uh, and you either have the army of robots, you don't have the army of robots. Yes. So you, e so yeah. the Mister House and Wildcard ending also have basic also in themselves have two endings depending if you had the robot army or not. 
which is so fucking cool again. Yeah. Especially because Yes Man will keep being super passive aggressive about it. He's like, great. We didn't need all those robots to destroy two whole armies. I'm sure you could do it all by yourself. Yeah. Uh, so you play one side against the other. You you make your all the different tribes of the wasteland there. You find them. You either befriend them, destroy them. Yeah. And uh, what this have you. directly, aff- the only thing it really affects is the ending of the game. It doesn't really affect the actual battle of Hoover Dam in any way. So if I'm not mistaken, in most cases, unless you have sided with Kaiser's Legion, you fight Legate Lanius. Yes. He is the last boss of the game. Yeah, it, unless you're with Caesar's Legion, you will fight Legate Lanius. Uh, but in true Obsidian fashion, you can convince him to stand down. You don't have to fight him. Yeah, you I can convince the most bloodthirsty, yeah. brutal man of the apocalypse who has, who his only policy is to f- make everybody bleed... And to, like, <laughs> completely wipe out the NCR as opposed to assimilating, which Kaiser wants to do. Um, also, Caesar's ending, also very different depending if you let Caesar live or die. Right. Um, which we can get into after. But yeah, Legate Lanius, no matter what, will be the end boss of the game. You have to have a perfect speech skill of 100. Which, it, you, you know, you it's should. not hard to do. Yeah, if you, yeah. If you aren't a total bitch, yeah, you'll have 100 speech. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Convincing people to do things. Yeah. Uh, I remember in Operation Anchorage in Fall 3, the DLC, at the very end, there's like a fight with like the Chinese army, and the general comes up to you and he's got the electric sword, and you don't even need a speech 100 to basically be like, kill yourself. Uh, kill yourself, and then he does. <laughs> oh, that's like at Fall 3 with the robot president, President Eden. Yeah. Uh, you can just convince him to fuck Smarter it. than a computer. Yeah, you yeah. can convince him that his own existence is bullshit, and he like yeah like i always think that new vegas is is ending is lame to be honest with you and that it, it does boil down to like a war it comes down to a fight but that's no, kind of but, the thing I, that's that's, been, but they they, they yeah. made no secret about that the entire game is telling yeah, you i know this whole thing's leading up to a battle at hoover dam for this and what your actions will determine what happens after said battle and yeah. during of course uh you you boot that general off the cliff or whatever uh the, there's a ron perlman voiceover at the end of the game that kind of su- uh, sums up what you've done across the wasteland and okay. where things will be set, and then the game's over. Yeah, so, um, and Ron Perlman will narrate directly. So, it, basically, he'll go over every major faction or companion that you've encountered, and he'll give you one or two, one of two stories, depending if you completed that companion or that faction's quest line, or you didn't. So, if I went to the Boomers and I helped them and they became part of my team, they would be like, uh, the boomers thrived after the war. They kept secluded. They kept blowing up their technology, and soon they became an, their own like country. Um, yeah, maybe or, they. Or if their, you wipe, yeah, yeah, if you wipe them out, you'll be like, uh, the courier wiped out all the boomers. Their last remaining survivors wandered onto the wasteland, assimilating to other tribes. And it does the same thing with companions. Um, like Boone, if you help out with Boone, they'll be like, Boone now over his dead wife and the atrocities he committed against Caesar's legion. Uh, went to Novak and like protected it for the rest of his life and became a good person. And if he didn't help Boone, it'd be like, yeah, he went to fucking Camp Bitter Springs and just charged in on a suicide mission <laughs> and got himself killed because he's dude. depressed as because he's yeah. depressed as fuck. Depressed as fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, the game does end there. Your save file uh, opens up in a place I think you can leave. Uh, so that's like a video game trope uh, that I feel like they don't do too much anymore. The uh, the finite ending. Uh, I know something. I'm trying to think of like some other games I've done it recently that aren't like with New Vegas. There's so much more to do uh, that I I almost like at a certain point to completely step away from the main quest because there's a sense of urgency that gets there that the other follow games have no, from the but, start. No, but I like what I like about New Vegas is urgency as opposed to a three or four. 
three or four is like your fucking dad slash son is missing. You need to go find him. There's nothing else that could possibly be more important than this. <laughs> no, that's not whereas, a dad slash yeah, son. That's your dad in yeah, one game. Whereas and your son new, in the yeah, other. whereas New Vegas, they keep saying, yeah, like they're gonna attack Hoover Dam at some point. Yeah. So like you don't feel guilty doing other shit because it's not like Caesar's Legion is attacking Hoover's Dam. Mm-hmm. It'd be different. Hoover's if, Dam. Yeah, it'd be known. different if you if you got a quest that's like Caesar's Legion is attacking Hoover's Dam. Go stop them. No, that's called Fallout Four. Where yeah, your that, shit's constantly being yeah, attacked. Yeah, that would be urgency because yeah. that shit is happening. But it has everything waits for you. You'd be halfway across the fucking wasteland. You come back and what's his name? It's just like, hey, where the fuck were you? We lost some people. We got attacked. You have to retake this thing now. And like, hey, or I just never played this needs game. Your help. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to use the guns I gave you, for fuck's sake. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's a fantastic ending, personally. I love the amount of choices. Like I said, Wildcard or, or Mr. House, you have two there right away. Caesar's yeah. Legion, like we were talking about before, we can go into that now. So Kaiser is a brain tumor, because he lives in the fucking post-apocalypse, and people yeah. are going to be sick. Everybody eventually gets a brain tumor. So you have basically one of three options to do with this. One, you could kill him on purpose when he asks you to perform... You need to pass a medical check in order to even get this dialogue choice. Um, but you can pass a medical check of 30, I, I guess, to basically say, I'll perform brain surgery on you, Caesar. No problem. Yeah. And then you need an actual, but then you need an actual medis- medical skill of like 80 to actually do it. Yeah. So here you can kill him on purpose. You can kill him on accident or you can save him. <laughs> yeah. So if you kill him on purpose or an accident, it's the same result. Uh, basically, uh, the other, like, like the other members of Caesar's Legion is like fucking Caesar's dead. That means the new leader is Legate Lanius. Lots of people are happy about that. Lots of people aren't. And you basically get told that Legate Lanius isn't like Caesar at all. He's bloodthirsty. He doesn't assimilate tribes. He wipes out people. He will make the entire West run with blood. Uh, so that's really fucking cool. Because if you go into Caesar's Legion, into the ending with Legate Lanius, your objectives will mostly be the same as Caesar's. But he'll just be like, fucking kill everybody, dude. Just do it. Fuck you. And Kaiser is a lot more reserved, like, yeah, you need to do this and that. That's about it. Don't abandon your honor. Yeah. Jinsekai. Uh, <laughs> so, just to, to put this in uh, in history as the same episode we talked about Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there's a lot of side quests in the game. We can talk really briefly about what each of the DLC packs add. Uh, Fallout 3, in particular, kind of set the tone with, like, the DLC was very decent, very varied. Uh, and New Vegas I is, like is the, I didn't like the three DLC very much, like Mothership Zeta. Oh well, that's the, the worst of the bunch. Yeah, it but, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Operation Anchorage doesn't do anything for me. Uh, Point Lookout and that was three, right? Point Lookout's pretty alright. Yeah. Uh, well, the Broken Steel was the continuation of the ending of the game where you, yeah. you drive the Enclave out, uh, and then Operation Anchorage was just like, hey, you want some gear? Go through this computer simulation. Uh, and then the Pit was kind of neat because it was a whole new, yeah, new map. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, collecting two hundred steel uh, ingots in the in the fucking uh, Steelworks or whatever. Uh, but uh, there was Dead Money, uh, which is very difficult, especially if you're on hardcore mode. Uh, basically, as a victim of a raw deal, you must work alongside three other captured wastelanders to recover the legendary treasure of the Sierra Madre Casino. In Dead Money, your life hangs in the balance as you face new terrain, foes, and choices. Uh, it is up to you and how you play your cards and the quest to survive. Uh, so this there's like a miasma in a lot of areas of this. Have you ever played Dead Money? Uh, no. So it's this giant, like, resort casino. No, I've seen playthroughs of it, yeah. Uh, and you, uh, yeah, there's, like, poisoned areas and all this kind of shit, and there's tons of treasure to get, uh, and it's an experience. It's it's a challenging, uh, cool DLC. It's weird that it was the first one, uh, but it was cool. Uh, Honest Hearts, 
uh, is kind of main quest related. Honest Hearts takes you on an expedition to the unspoiled wilderness of Utah's Zion National Park. Things go horribly wrong when your caravan is, caravan is ambushed by a tribal raiding band. As you try to find your way back to the Mojave, you become embroiled in a war between the tribes uh, and a conflict between the new Canaanite missionary and the mysterious burned man uh, who has ties to Kaisar's Legion. Yeah. Uh, the decisions you make will determine the fate of Zion. Uh, so it's an area where they got to use some green, which uh, this game doesn't have a whole lot of, and they made this national park. Uh, you learn about the Burn Man and how he relates to Kaisar, and uh, was one of the easier uh, DLCs. And there's a few pieces of gear to get here. Uh, Old World Blues is really neat. Uh, you'll discover uh, how some of the Mojave's mutated monsters, such as Night Stalkers and Cazadors, uh, came to be when you unwittingly become a human experiment in the hands of, a, of five pre-war doctors. Uh, you'll need to scour the research centers of Big MT uh, in search of powerful weapons to join forces with them against Dr. Mobius. Remember the Mobius movie that's still coming out? Uh, who seeks to destroy all of their experiments uh, or use the technology to get revenge on them for abducting you. Yeah, Old World Blues, uh, Blues is easily the most uh, well-received or uh, receptive. Yeah, they steal your brain! Yeah, it's very uh, well-received um, by the community in general. I'd say probably the most well-received follow DLC in general. Uh, it's yeah. It's got um, it's wacky. It's weird. It weird has, enemies. They got those those skeletons walking around. Those automation suits. Like yeah. uh, it's got a lot of cool uh, universe expanding Fallout stuff. Uh, that's actually quite cool. I don't think I've ever actually finished Old World Blues. Come to think of it, and then the DLC I know I have never played that it's I was one, working it's up to. It's the only one I have played, which is uh, Lonesome Road. The final DLC, Lonesome Road. Lonesome Road which brings is... the Courier's story full circle when you are contacted by the original Courier Six. Yes, uh, which yeah. I fucking love that the whole game keeps teasing that there's there was a courier that rejected your package before you picked yeah. it up. You can ask a lot of questions about it too, yeah, but and, it never, and, yeah. and he just says, no, let Courier 6 have it, and you're a Courier 6. So you finally get to talk to Ulysses about all this shit. He basically takes you through this wild journey. Uh, essentially what he tells Ulysses you is... Wild ride. Essentially what <laughs> he tells you is when you were still a courier, uh, before you had the, the Platinum Chip package, um, you were... You uh, were tricked or duped somehow by, I think, Caesar's Legion or something to carry, like, a remote detonator that set off a bunch of dormant nukes in this area that blew the the whole thing up called the Divide and uh, killed any people there or turned them into these uh, really hard enemies called, like, the Wrathman or some shit. I forget. And he's basically just being like, you're a big piece of shit. Look what you did here. And you're like, I didn't do nothing. I was just doing my job. And he's like, Well, yeah, like you should probably think about what you're doing before you do it. Um, but he goes, Fuck into, you, man. <laughs> yeah, he goes into a very long line about every, about the whole game and every DLC and how he interacts. He visited Honest Hearts and deal and that DLC. He was at Old World Blues, and there's dialogue with the big empty guys there that talk about Ulysses and how he visited there and talked to them. He was a scout for Caesar's Legion, being a member of a tribe that. Once Caesar promised that his tribe would be like um, independent and have their own religion and everything, but after uh, he did what he wanted them to do, he quickly killed anybody that resisted and assimilated the whole tribe. So Ulysses was he soon found that there is fault. Just he's kind of like the player almost. He found yeah. faults in both the NCR and Kaiser's Legion, and he's trying to tell you that there are no good sides in the apocalypse anymore. Like there's nothing good you can do. He has very good dialogue. His voice actor is fucking chef's kiss. The DLC is basically <laughs> just a straight line, though, of fighting enemies. Mm. Um, it's very difficult, very combat-heavy, so it's not the best, admittedly, in that regard, because Fallout, its strongest strength is not the combat, in modern Fallout anyway, right? 
but the DLC is very well received. Uh, I liked it a lot. Ulysses is a fantastic character who has really interesting dialogue. If you've never played the DLC, Lee, I highly recommend going. I was uh, I was working my way up to it. I had a new character I was rolling, uh, and I was planning to get to it. And I still am. Uh, just all these other games. Yeah, but the best part of that DLC is factionless riot gear, which is so fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, that's big the, fan of that. Like NCR trooper gear or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that is Fallout New Vegas, a that's huge Fallout game, ten years old. Lonesome Road came out September twentieth, twenty eleven. Nine years ago, baby. Uh, a great game. And uh, Obsidian has has been in relative obscurity uh, in terms of like a big RPG product. A project, obviously, they had the Outer Worlds uh, come out, which was a nice little romp. Uh, you kind of soured on it by the time you finished it, I think. In terms of uh, it, it, it's a it's a budget game that presents itself as so much more uh, Outer Outer Worlds. Yeah, yeah. No, um, um, Outer. Yeah. Uh. That's a conversation for another day to be yeah. honest. So. That's the next game we'll be yeah. featuring. No, uh, it's not. <laughs> no, yeah, so in terms of uh, what we're going to be talking about next, uh, we got to kind of mill it over here. Uh, there's been some there's some names in the mix. We'll figure out what, what it's going to be. No, but... I, had my fu- I had my last dream about this, Lee. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What does that, what does that mean? It was, the... <laughs> it was my last dream. Oh, okay. planting seeds here. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about just the Blitzball minigame <laughs> Final Fantasy X uh, and you know a lot of people don't like engaging with it because you're forced to play a Blitzball game but really as a side game uh, you know they took out the card game and they put in Blitzball like, we're and not really gonna, let's not it's as fun game. as anything else uh, so that's going to be New Vegas that's also going to be the show for this week thank you for signing up of course at titsiceberg is us on Twitter Lee at is my email you can uh, comment with a topic or question anywhere and we'll get to it if we find it interesting Uh, For myself, Lee, and for Reed, let's go play some more Ghost of Tsushima. Hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, brother.